0: Welcome to the THC Podcast, better known as the Heart Chakra Podcast, where I discuss the relationship element of life. I'm the host, JTR, coming live from the Midwest of America, Columbus, Ohio, to be exact. And the theme of tonight, well, first I just want to wish everybody a happy holidays, regardless of what holiday you celebrate, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or any other holiday that you represent or celebrate and recognize um, in the month of December through January, or even going back a little bit earlier than that from November, or even throughout the whole year, just happy holidays to all, you know, Um, but specifically um, right now here in America, we are celebrating uh, we're just coming off of Christmas and we are celebrating Kwanzaa for the next seven days from December 26th through uh January first of uh twenty twenty two. So um, you know, one of the things that I tend to do or even think about, especially with re- with respect to how I celebrate Kwanzaa and the seven principles, better known as the Nguzu Saba, um, is just how I can apply those principles in all areas of life. And that's one thing I love about Kwanzaa. It happens <clears throat> traditionally um the last 7 days of the year going into the new year and it's a good time upon reflection about a lot of the life lessons about a lot of the experiences um not just within the last year but any in, in, throughout our entire life so um today we say habari which means what's the news what's going on um and uh you answer and you recognize and invoke the principle of umoja which means unity now, the the definition of unity or the context within Kwanzaa is to strive for and maintain unity in the family, community, nation and race. So when we talk about unity, let's just say in the context of our relationship element of life, um, what is our are we unified within ourselves? Right. Is our is our mind unified with our heart? Is our action unified with our words, right, and those are just some of the things that some of the things that I think about with respect to how I practice umoja or unity within myself with my relationship with myself. you know in a previous episode, I've talked about the masks that we put on out into the world when we go out into the world and how we navigate in um different relationships, whether it be professional relationships. Intimate and romantic relationships, relationships with our family and friends. And so uh, what's the unity like between, you know, the mask that you put on in the world and your shadow side? You know, when you sit back and you're alone at home or in a very comfortable space and that you take that mask off and you can you kind of can let your shadow self kind of come out and be its own personality as well. You know, so um, and, you know, what is that? Like for you that individual listening to this podcast or even for myself, something things that I reflect on, and then unity in our relationships, you know when in our household, whether that means living with your parents or living with your significant other, living with you know your roommates or your best friend, what's the relationship like there, what's the unity like there, and I think especially when it comes to romantic relationships you know unity is a very important principle especially when you're raising children to make sure that you're you have a uni, you're on a you're operating on a unified front with respect to your philosophies on parenting um you know one of the major things that we're hearing about in this country is critical race theory and just respect with, also just with respect to how we discuss and educate the youth on racism on black history which is American history at the end of the day, but it's been segregated so much. We really have to label it as Black history, but it's really American history um, when we talk when we talk about it with respect to Black history here in America. But um, even if you know, there's so only so much we can control outside of our relationships, but what we can control is our. The unity within our relationship to make sure that we have a common front with respect to how we're raising children, our children, with respect to how we resolve in conflict, right? If you resolve your conflict through hands and by throwing things in violence, but I love you enough to resolve our conflict by words and by actions in a very loving way, then, you know, there's already disunity within our relationship. But if we can agree that Uh, The best way to resolve our conflicts and our disagreements on certain things, then that can definitely strengthen the unity in our relationships with our husbands and wives, boyfriend and girlfriends, um, you know, parents to, you know, how they raise their children. And when we have unity within our household, that's when we can start having unity within our nation and within our race. But it starts with ourselves having that that unity, um, you know, with our significant others. So. Um, Those are just a couple of things that come to mind when I think about Umoja or unity with respect to the family or the community or our nation and our race with respect to how we treat one another. You know, whether it be homosexual or heterosexual relationships or any other labels that are out there, it's very important to be unified with our philosophies and how we want to treat and love each other. Um, Because when there's unity there... You know, it it makes the bond that much more stronger to go out into the world and face the adversities that may come our way. Because relationships are going to be tested in many different ways, whether it be through social media, whether it be through gossip and he say, she say, whether it be just from the past. When you start having conversations about past and history and things like that, it can get a little rocky sometimes. So it's very important to, um, you know, just ask questions that are meaningful instead of just being nosy. <laughs> you know, I think I've talked about that in a previous podcast or a previous episode as well. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Um, I think for the next six days, I'm going to strive to relate each principle of Kwanzaa to the relationship element in life and how I practice it, how it can be practiced um, into the world and things like that. Uh, and... um yeah. So thank you for listening. Uh, you can also leave your comments and reactions um, on the Instagram page, which is podcast underscore THC. So feel free to follow that, like it, comment, and hope you all had a great Christmas and other any other holiday that you celebrated. And you have a um, very loving and celebratory Kwanzaa as we finish the 2021 squee. I'm gonna say school year because uh, I, I work in education. As we finish the 2021 year and go into 2022, peace. Welcome to the THC podcast, better known as the Heart Chakra podcast, where I discuss everything in the relationship element of life. I'm the host JTR, reporting live from the Midwest of America, Columbus, Ohio, to be exact. And the theme of this episode is performance anxiety. Before I get into this episode's theme, I just want to, you know, say welcome to season 6. We'll just transition into the fall solstice. I'm recording this on October the 1st. So, um I'll probably publish it after some time, but yeah, we're officially in the first of the month, you know, we're in the fall solstice. I mean, summer was a great vibe, warm weather, good times, growth. And uh, now that we're in a different solstice, so, you know, in, in the Midwest, in America, you start getting a little, the weather drops a little bit, it gets a little chilly, right? It's not winter cold, but it's, it gets a little chilly, it's time to bring, it's hoodie season for sure. And... It's also time to start recruiting for cuffing season. That's actually a really good topic. I'm not going to get into it tonight, but that gave me an idea for another episode. Maybe I'll discuss it with a, with a friend or a, ho- a guest that happens to join. If you're interested in joining, shoot me a DM on Twitter. Um, leave a message and maybe we can discuss some of the things that you might hear on here. Maybe we could discuss something that you want to hear. It could be a collaborative effort. But um yeah, it gets, it's getting chilly outside and it's time to, you know, shift our focus. We are just one more season away until the end of the year. So it's really important to sharpen your focus and start preparing yourself to finish the year strong. All right. So like I said, this is October the 1st. We only have... Two more months left, right? The rest of October. So I guess you can count that as one. November and December. So basically three more months left. So we got another quarter to go. So definitely want to finish strong. And I guess that kind of is a good segue. When you're kind of thinking about performance anxiety, right? When you kind of thinking about finishing strong, meeting expectations. I'm a person that likes to create a game plan for the year. Some people call it resolutions or goals or determinations. But you look at a lot of the goals that you set out for yourself at the very beginning of the year or at the very end of last year, New Year's Eve sometime at the earliest or latest. And uh you just reevaluate. You know how how am I measuring my success? How am I measuring Um, my progression, it's a good time to reevaluate and determine, you know, what is worth sacrificing and focusing in on so I can at least check something off, you know, the goals, determinations, the resolutions list, Um, if not more than one thing, right? It's a good time to have a reality check with yourself. So, you know, one of those things as a man, I'm a cisgender, heterosexual man, So I can only speak for myself and maybe others that are like-minded, right? One of those things that kind of give me a little bit of performance anxiety at this particular age in life. I'm 34, so I'll be transitioning to 35 next year, right? In a few months. And um, one of those things definitely being a husband, you know, being a father, I'm dating and um, my person and I have been dating off and on for about four years now. We've had very serious discussions about what that next step is, what that step could look like for us. Timing of it. You know, she's four years younger than me. And uh, so she has a little bit more time. But at the same time, if it's talking about having a child, that might mean, hey, we need to expedite some things because after 32, for example, I'm done, you know. And for me as a man, I can kind of wait a little bit longer, have a little bit more leverage in that area. Of course, you want to produce while reproduce while you're still healthy and in your prime, and um, but you also want to be financially stable. And sometimes it's beyond being financially stable. You want to be somewhat financially independent. You want to be um, in such a secure position that you can afford to take care of yourself and your partner and another child. All right? At a bare minimum. You know, if your wife or person chooses not to work, that's no problem. You got all the bills paid for. Yours and hers, the essentials not necessarily talking about um, optional things or wants, but the, the necessities right and uh, for the child that for the child that you both create procreate, you're able as a man to you know take care of those responsibilities as well. so if anything happened to the mother whether she decided to quit or quit her job, Transition to another job, lost her job, wants to become an entrepreneur. Everything is just not going to be any drop off. So those are some of the things that I think about, I guess, would give me anxiety. I'm using anxiety very loosely. This is not clinically diagnosed. This is just self-diagnosed as a man who is very self-aware, as a man who has goals and ambitions and has a lifestyle that I... Like that I would like to strive for. Marriage isn't something that I strive for, but it's something that I imagine myself being in sometimes, right? Especially with the woman I've been dating off and on for like four years, and other women that have come before her that I've dated for you know five years or three years. And um I'm at that age now. I think between 35 and 40 is a really good prime age for me in terms of like getting married, starting a family in terms of maturity, both emotional and physical and mental, spiritual. And I believe I have enough wisdom to be able to guide and lead my family into a, you know, positive direction as opposed to leading in, into a destructive uh, situation, right? But there's a lot that comes with that, right? I've already mentioned the financial aspect. Um, I think that I think that's the, the, the biggest part, you know, for me, right? And um, I think there's just more. Of course, there's more that you want to say. I wish I was probably like six figures and up or maybe seven figures. I'd be extremely comfortable. It's like, it doesn't matter who I knock up. <laughs> if you being super reckless with it. But of course, being responsible with it, like... I'm old enough. I'm financially well-off enough. And also, we're in America, you know, or I think all over the world. You know, we're in a period of inflation. The cost of everything is increasing. You know, childcare costs, medical costs, cost of goods and services, all that goes up. And that's things that I think about. Like, hmm, maybe, maybe now it's not a, right, a really good time. You know, but I think that as far as the physical responsibility of just being present, I think that 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 part comes, you know, very easy for me, both for my person and for, you know, a child or a child that we uh, end up having. So, for example, the person I am dating, she already has a son, but we also are in a long distance relationship. So it's a little difficult for me to be there as present physically as I'd like to. But that's something that she knew and I knew, of course, going into our relationship and it wasn't a deal breaker with the caveat of, hey, this is not gonna go on forever. Let's give it another year and let's hopefully kind of get in the same city and state, You know, then that way we can kind of go from there. But if it goes beyond that, we may need to readjust our agreement. And I think that's a big thing about relationships, not locking yourself into rules and things like that, but going by agreements. And for me, like short-term commitments are much more realistic for me to meet than long-term ones right that are in the distant future because new information comes to um, fruition different feelings and all that good stuff so you got to leave some room for that the unknown and the relationship is just going to naturally adapt whether in a good way in terms of you all come closer or in a more realistic way it's going to shatter your illusions and the delusion that you had and it's going to give you a more realistic perspective of where you two are as a couple or three are, four or whatever your relationship arrangement is. Right. I think also the emotional support, like I feel like that's an area I think I'd be also really good. I believe I'm a strong communicator, but I've also when things are when adversity comes up, I think it's very important to have communication styles that are aligned and compatible. Not to say everything's going to be a cakewalk through adversity, but when there's love and trust and um, respect for one another, you know that things are only going to go but so far before they get to a point of no return. So that's very important when you're thinking about emotional intelligence um, as a father, you know, and, and as a husband too, right? Like you do certain things and... You could ruin your relationship with your child. You could do certain things and ruin your relationship with your wife. And now you all are kind of separated and different things like that. But of course, there's still room for growth. And I think on the emotional aspect and the physical aspect, those are my strengths. The financial aspect, that's where I believe there's room for improvement. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to do that on my own. I'm open to doing that with my person and continuing to grow it just kind of gets frustrating sometimes when you can imagine the reality and lifestyle that you want, but you're waiting for the rest of your life to catch up, right? I think when it comes to, you know, being a husband, there's some anxiety there as well. Just from the, again, the financial aspect, right? Like buying an engagement ring, then buying a wedding ring. If those are the only two things to focus on, no problem. Let's do this. But and it's, it's, it's a blessing to be with a person who's not like a bridezilla or it's like I need a million carat ring <laughs> that costs a million dollars or whatever or something way outside your budget, but something respectable and I can honor and respect that. And I can put my feelings to the side about the whole institutional part and marketing part and the propaganda part of getting a ring because that doesn't really make you married at the end of the day. It's a symbol. I'm not a big jewelry person, so if I'm going to express my love and affection for you, that's not a a symbol, authentic symbol of my love and affection for you, right? Like, a symbol to me might mean something more like buying a home together. Not say that you can't do both, but I'm just saying what it means for me, right? Or if I created something for you, right? Um, something a little bit more authentic than so... You know, so stereotypical. But it is what it is. It's not a battle you're going to win with most women. So it's not really worth fighting too much on as long as it's within the budget. And I've been able to find one that was in my budget. And I actually enjoyed the experience more than I thought I would, you know. So I'm at that stage where I'm looking at rings. And I've been here before, you know, with a former partner of mine. And things didn't work out, unfortunately. But it didn't really... Um, it didn't really... Prevent me from wanting to uh, still pursue love. I love love. I love sex. I love relationships. But sometimes um, the tradition, not the tradition, or the traditional way, a conventional way of going about them hasn't always worked for me. So I'm always willing to try and experiment with someone new or experience a different relationship format. And um, this seems to be promising. Even though there's still room for improvement on both sides, um, this is a person I feel like would be a very safe choice for sure. And a right choice too, you know, in a lot of ways. But again, as I was mentioning, if I was only focusing on a ring or rings, that'd be one thing. But, you know, thinking about buying a house, that that to me is more important than anything. And That's what I really want. And that's not to say that we can't do this together, you know, but... The way I see things is like, we buy a house, then we get engaged, married, then you move in, and then we live together for a period of time, and then we buy a house together, you know. I think it's important to have our own separate assets before going in to our own, before combining our assets before we're like legally married and things like that. I think about what if things go wrong, you know, and It's not like there's going to be a prenup because a lot of women don't necessarily always believe in that um, because now it seems like it's contractual or transactional or it's about money. And at the end of the day, a part of it is it may it may not be all of it, but there is some truth to that, you know. So, you know, those are some of the things that I I think about, obviously, um, not obviously, but those are things that I'm also flexible on, too. So it's just some of those things that I think about and consider. I also want to be an entrepreneur. Um, I think that's so important in the age that we're living in now where it's very, very few jobs where you can, that's going to pay you enough off one salary that's going to be able to take care of all your needs and even all of your wants or even some of them, right? Depending on where you live, depending on if you're married and have a child or if you're not married and have a child. Or let's say you're a caregiver for somebody or a guardian for somebody, whether it be an elder or it be a sibling, somebody like that. Right. Um, And it's so important nowadays to have multiple streams of income. And I mean, the best way to do that, as opposed to like not having a full time and part time or two full times is to have your own right? To be a creator, entrepreneur and create that, those streams of income or being an investor, right? Uh, you don't necessarily have to be a a boss, but you can be an owner and receive a, a, a positive return on that investment. So that's the beauty of investing and also compound interest when it comes to investing. So not to get too, you know, Off track of that, but those are things that I think about that give you know somebody like myself pause or anxiety or concern about like is this the right time? Do I make enough money? And it's encouraging to have a partner where that's not the main focus for them. They just want love, and I think that's the interesting thing about how women are wired versus how men are wired. I think men are more logical, reasonable, strategic in a lot of ways with respect to what they're striving for in life, their ultimate goal, their mission, their purpose, and once they find that, everything else tends to kind of fall in line. And they also attract their their person, their soulmate, or their twin flame. When you just lock them in and focus, you attract what you're supposed to receive. All right? Like I love the the mantra that everything I need, I already have or is on its way and everything I don't is gone or non-existent. And so when a man is sitting in that, a man feels unstoppable. Even if he's down bad or broke, he's like, I know exactly what I'm striving for. I'm not letting any distractions take me off this path. Whereas, and it's not to say that women aren't like that at all, but I feel like a woman's natural instinct is to find love, to find their person that they can start a family with because they know that man at the end of the day is going to be their protector, a provider in a lot of ways. If it's not providing financially, you're providing that physical support both to you and your child or children. Um, that handy man or that manly man, as some women will say, you know, just having that masculine energy around is like, I think women seek that. A lot of most cisgender or heterosexual or even transgender women, you know what I'm saying? Not outruling everybody. I'm just talking about, you know, from, you know, my experience. So I think that's where sometimes there can be a clash. Women are like, what are you waiting on? Like, and a man is like, yo, if I'm not up to par, then how am I going to be a good person for you? And women can respect that sometimes, but sometimes women are like, babe, we can just do this together. Like, let me help you. Let me support you. And as a man, that's something that I think I could work, you know do a better job of it. just letting some of those worries and anxiety come down and just trust and that trust is hard to give up sometimes cuz that's control right and and I think when you in a relationship or relationships with people you got to give up a little bit of control you know it's kind of like a uh, a give and take sort of thing i think you know one of the third things is sex right when it comes to performance anxiety man you know like myself we getting older and as much as I enjoy sex and things like that, I think dealing with a younger woman or different women, right? Like, the sex drives are just higher for women than I think a lot of times it is for men. A man can release and be good. And, you know, and a woman is like, yo, what's up? Let's go for it again. And he's like, yo, I'm not 21 anymore. Like, I came. You came. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's a beautiful thing. Like, when a woman really desires you. She wants more of you, and as a man, you like you gotta be able to deliver that. That's one thing I love about consensual and non monogamous relationships, right? like if I say, "Hey, babe, like I'm actually kinda good on sex, but if you want that, how'll person b or person c um or maybe we can explore some ways to kind of keep this energy going and I think even for a man, it's like if that means changing our diets, so our libido improves or taking you know uh little battery pack enhancement, you know, then, you know, doing what it do. Sometimes that might mean spicing things up in the bedroom as well. You know, that that might be literature you might need to take, a class that you can enroll in. There's so many amazing content creators out here where you can enroll in a class and they will visually show you, like, what it looks like to get it popping, to keep things spicy in the bedroom, whether that be switching positions or adding toys or... Not just toys, but like, you know, bondage, you know, different things like that. So, man, there's so much deeper I can go into that. I think it deserves its own episode. Right. But um, those are some of the things that, you know, I think about. Right. And then also finding that relationship arrangement that works for me. You know, I've had experience dating in a monogamous way, didn't really work out. And the sexual fidelity part, but everything else was great. Right? And then in a monogamous, I mean non monogamous way, and in that lifestyle, there's been challenges there with finding someone that's compatible that kinda wants that relationship arrangement, same way you do. I happen to attract a lot of women that only wanna be with me, date me, have sex with me. They might be curious and uh, on a every now and then type of thing with another woman or man. But for the most part, if I can fulfill their when I fulfill their physical desires, they're pretty good. They're content and I can admire and appreciate that. And I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm like a hybrid. It's like if I find a woman and she's loyal and supportive and has good manners, you know, common sense. Some book smarts, a little bit of street smarts as well. It's like, bro, what more kids you really want? I'm reasonably happy. Am I going to be supremely and happy and everything will be perfect? No, but am I reasonably happy? Yeah. So like, why not? And then I fall into that relationship. And then it's like, who comes this other person, either from my past or a person I never knew existed. And we just caught a vibe. Now, what do I do? You know, so it's like it's not that I'm going to leave my primary person for this new person. But I might want to experience a date with them. I might want to flirt with them a little bit via text. Or I might want to pick up the phone and call them because I love the way their voice sounds or their accent. Something like that. I might even want to have sex with them. Like, let's be real, you know. Maybe take a trip with them, meet them somewhere, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm most likely always going to come back home. For real, you know. So I think that's the thing that might give some of my... Dating partners, some anxiety about like, how's this going to go? What if you leave me and, you know, what if I get jealous or what if you get somebody pregnant? <laughs> you know, I think a lot of times we think about all the bad that could happen instead of the good. And I, I got to I gotta hold that mirror up to myself, too. All those anxieties that I talked about when it comes to fatherhood, husbandhood, you know, and even sex. So it's kind of like, what if things get better from here doing all those things in a way that I could never imagine. You gotta take that risk because if you don't, you'll never know. You'll be stuck in that what if phase, that fear phase, letting fear rule you. You know, so that pretty much sums up my thoughts. And uh, at least for this episode, I don't really want to make episodes that last an hour, two hours long. You know, there's other episodes that podcasts out there that do that. To me, this is like therapy. I use podcasts just because that's the phrase that everybody uses, but honestly, this is like audio therapy to me. And if you happen to listen to this episode, yo, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that. It amazes me whenever I check the stats that people are listening to this from all over the world, men and women, shout out to anyone that's gender fluid, sexuality fluid, all that good stuff. This is a hobby to me. I'm not getting paid for any of this yet. But my goal is to start finding ways to monetize my hobbies. And that goes back to what I was talking about earlier, being an entrepreneur and a creator. And we have so many different resources now, technology and people. And there's so many different ways to do that, different currencies to do it in crypto or fiat currency, and, um, man, I'm just ready to take these risks and, you know, put my art out there. I'm a very creative and artistic person by nature, by suppressing, like, do all that as a hobby, right? So, finally growing into a place of courage and confidence where I'm ready to just say, F it, I'm going to do it, right? So, and just take it to the max. So, man, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Heart Chakra. Wherever you listening from, if you want to leave a message on Anchor, please do that. You know, just go to the page on Anchor. I'll leave a link in the notes where you can do that. Also, feel free to comment. Send me a DM. Shoot me a on Twitter. Um, share your thoughts at the podcast underscore THC. And um I don't check it too much, but when I do, I'll be sure to holler at you if I get any feedback. Peace.